Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. I'm really excited to be re-releasing this incredible conversation with Carly Fain. So I recorded this podcast episode almost a year ago on the topic of boundaries and how to set boundaries, why creating boundaries isn't easy, and really diving deep into the power of setting boundaries and how that can lead to you staying grounded in your body, in yourself, and really creating the relationships that you desire. And Carly is just one of the most special people I've had an opportunity to interview on the show. She's a celebrity business and health coach who shows career-driven women how to upgrade their boundaries so that they can tap into their deepest wisdom and stop people-pleasing. She's coached everyone from Grammy Award winners like Little Wayne. I mean, she's just, she's a badass in every sense of the word. And I remember this conversation and where I was at in my life when we recorded it and how impactful the conversations around boundaries were. And, you know, for me over the last few months, one of the biggest growth edges for me has come from having difficult conversations with people. And I realized that's been hard for me because I haven't really had a lot of practice setting boundaries. And if the people in your life aren't used to setting their own boundaries, then when you set boundaries, it creates a lot of friction. And so I, this was an episode that I recently re-listened to, and I just got so many, so many gems from it, so much gold that's really empowering my own ability now to create boundaries that really empower a greater level of self-love within myself. And I just hope you guys find this conversation super refreshing, super inspiring as you're learning how to set energetic boundaries, not just with people you don't want in your life, but also people you do love in your life. And I think that's where boundaries can be really powerful is when we can begin to see how setting boundaries actually makes our relationships better. Setting boundaries actually makes our relationships more connected, more intimate, and it allows for that safety to expand in all the directions you want to expand in. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation. We cover so many different topics, everything from what boundaries are actually worth protecting, how to start being radically honest with yourself, you know, how to know that your boundaries are appropriate, how to ask for what you need from others and so much more. So enjoy it. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time I release or re-release a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. Reach out to me or Carly on social media if anything we said resonated with you. She is just such a delightful human being. I'm just excited for you guys to, to get to know her magic, to experience this episode in all of its amazingness and uh, and just continue expanding your own journey to yourself and healing and expansion so anyways without further ado here is the wonderful carly fame enjoy yo 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 welcome everyone to this week's episode of stay grounded you guys are finding stillness in the firestorm that is reality right now and chaos ensuing in all the different ways. And I'm just, ah, Carly, you're like a breath of fresh air. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. And I love how today came about. This is is amazing. This is the real work. Like this is it. We're doing it together. I'm so impressed. It's been a, it's I mean, we were talking about this earlier. It's just been a day of constant fires and, you know, I've always, I believe that the only two parts of my day I can actually control are the mornings when I wake up and when I go to bed and then everything in the middle is just sort of like a dance with reality and allowing the flow of life to create these storms that then I get an opportunity to sit in. 
and today is no different. But that's, like I said, I really appreciated the push. Like we were actually, I was trying to reschedule like a little baby. <laughs> and then Carly's like, hey, let me tell yeah, you something you about what's be? really, yeah, like yeah, what's really going to happen right now. <laughs> and I appreciated that so much because I think right now in these sort of chaotic times with just the pandemic and all of the tension out there and just the economy. I mean, there's so much noise and there's so many reasons to let down. But what I, what I really appreciate, and I would love to just start there is like, I guess like, how do you create the boundaries between self-love for like wanting to give yourself a break and then self-love with like the, all right, get your ass up and let's get to work. Like, how do you sort of differentiate between self-love and both of those scenarios? That is the, what a rich question. That's great. Okay. So, so here's how I look at it. I look at it. There's this great concept in the field of positive psychology. We talk about being selfful. So if you could imagine there's like a spectrum and on one end of the spectrum is being totally selfish. And I've listened to your podcast and I love it. So I know your people aren't looking to be totally selfish. That's not, that's not what they're about. Right. And on the other end of the spectrum is being selfless, meaning we give it all away. We give everybody else what they want all day long. And if I'm really honest, Raj, I find the folks who are selfless just as exhausting to be around as the ones who are selfish because their mm-hmm. cup isn't full either. And we can feel that. Like we can feel the, the hamster wheel that they're on, you know? Yeah. But in the center, like so between the two extremes in the center is what we call being selfful. And it's this idea that I will be of the greatest service in the world if I dare to make sure that my cup is full. So like, let's say you and I are hanging out. Let's say that I'm fancier than I actually am, Raj. And like you came over and I have like fine china and teacups and, and, and all that. And which you I don't, don't have fine china and teacups? I Come don't. On. I've got like oh, one mug, my one mug, my $3 mug that I love, right? So, but let's say, let's say that was the deal, right? And I'm pouring you a hot cup of tea on a winter's day and the cup is filling, filling, filling. And at some point it would overflow and it would start to spill into the saucer. Now what's in the saucer is what we give to others. And what's in the cup is only ever ours. And so we're, when we're talking about like this dance between self-love and when do I need to like lean back, you know, and, and just take care of myself or reschedule things, because that's legitimate sometimes. And when do I need to push myself a little bit? I always think about the teacup, like how full is my teacup? If my cup isn't full, this is time to refill. And we always know it because we can feel it physically in our body. Like if my body is dreading the idea of doing something, even if it sounds really good on paper, like even if it makes great business sense, like it'd be great for my business if we had a blog right now. When I think about that, I just get nauseous. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, like why, but for why, you know? And so it's about looking at, at my cup. Do I need more in my cup right now? Is, am I needing to lean back because I'm not full? Or am I needing to create boundaries because other people are shaking my glass and things are spilling out? So it's kind of like mm. who's in charge of filling the cup here? Boundaries are really interesting conversation with me, especially right now in my life. Like I feel like I'm sort of going through a bit of a renaissance period just with relationship and business, like everything kind of being shaken up and changing and all of it. And like, <sighs> like I'm sort of relearning boundaries. Um, because I've normally associated boundaries with weakness. And like, <sighs> when I think about boundaries, I'm like, oh, that means I'm not big enough or good enough or strong enough or man enough to create a container for others. And it's always like, it, it comes back to that sort of self-inflicting sort of voice. Can you describe, I guess, a, a proper use of boundaries without necessarily sort of like, because I feel like I've been afraid of, creating boundaries in my life as, as a result of not wanting to sell myself too short? Like, mm. am I creating a boundary out of fear or am I creating a boundary out of desire? Ooh, I, guess, like, I get that nuance. Like, does it, tell me if I'm getting this right, but it sounds like, am I creating a boundary because I'm running away from something I'm scared of or am I creating a boundary because it helps protect what I care about? Yes. That. Gosh, I appreciate your honesty so much. Like, this is so refreshing. because <laughs> <laughs> This is like the real talk. Boundaries are not easy and here's why the better our boundaries are, the more powerful our presence will be in the world. And for you and I and other entrepreneurs and driven folks, that sounds nice on paper, this idea of of being powerful in the world. But the truth is, 
is that our culture is not designed for everybody to be powerful. And so it actually taps into the epigenetics, like generations of fear within our DNA about being who we fully are. So first step in creating boundaries is A, you've got to give yourself some grace. We have been taught to not have them. We have been taught that it is dangerous to speak up and be who we are. And for some of us, that's still actually true, right? Like it's a privileged thing to be even able to say, let's start speaking up. Because then lots of, for lots of people, it's not even safe yet. So that, that's like number one is grace. It's really important. Creating boundaries is not an opportunity to be hard on ourselves. There's like so many places where, where we can be hard on ourselves. So the first step in creating boundaries for me and for, and for my clients, Raj, is what I call throwing the flag, which is going to be as close to a sports reference as I am going to get on this interview because I am not like a sports junkie. <laughs> but you know how like football game or soccer game, somebody does something that breaks the rules and ref flows, throws a flag. The first step in creating boundaries is noticing that one needs to be set, which sounds okay. really simple. But actually for a lot of us, we don't realize it till like two hours later. We're like, oh, shucks, I should have said this thing. And I didn't say right. it. I didn't realize it. So the way we know, and again, I go back to the physical body a lot, we know when it's time to set a boundary when we feel angry, we feel resentful, we feel crunched for time, we feel like we want to snap, we feel like we don't have room to breathe. The moment we don't have room to breathe, that is the invitation to start creating a boundary. So does that answer the question? Like the first step is like just noticing that's boundary 101. Like if you're new to boundaries, just starting to throw your own internal flags like, ooh, this is a boundary potential moment. Clarifying question. I've always noticed when something makes me resentful, angry, it's a mirror. And it's a mm-hmm. chance for me to go deeper. It's a chance for me to heal love or to become one or, or have peace with whatever the hell is unfolding. Can that exist if I don't have, like, if I have a boundary, will I be selling myself short from being able to experience the growth that exists from me experiencing this fully? Wow, you're you're blowing my mind. These are such beautiful questions, Raj. Nobody's ever asked selfishly me that. Asking, selfishly Nobody's asking. ever asked that. You are not the only person wondering that, I am for sure. And also, this is this is amazing. So I was raised in a yoga ashram, and we had this term in the ashram, we would call it premature transcendence. And that was kind of the notion for those of us who are growth seeking, who want to be learning, who are so eager to um, lean into the positive and to the good in life that we can accidentally gloss over the richness of discomfort and of of acknowledging that while we are all one, that there is this individual aspect that needs tending to as well. And so I think it's not an either or situation. It's a both situation. It's that we can see, okay, what is this person being a mirror for me about? And also we don't only learn through pain and growth or pain and struggle and challenge. We can also learn in these other really beautiful ways too. And I don't know what the, the sensory level is on your, on your show here, but like Brene Brown would say, you don't have to be the asshole whisperer. Like that doesn't have to be your place in this life. Like you don't have to be continually having to reinforce and learn from the challenging people. We absolutely do learn from them, but it's also okay to honor the fact that we deserve as much respect as everybody else. And if you look at the big spiritual teachers, they have really good boundaries. Desmond Tutu, the Dalai Lama, like Marian Williamson, like these folks, they actually have very clear boundaries and they have learned that they are sacred and that their energy field is sacred and that it's okay to honor that. So it's kind of a both, you know, and that's, and I love this question for you to live into okay, is this a moment where I could be learning where this person is reflecting something to me? Or is this a moment where it's actually appropriate for me to say, hey, this actually doesn't work for me? I think it's for me, it's come down to like, and I think one of the most profound spiritual and just emotionally fulfilling journeys that I've been on has been increasing my capacity to feel whatever is present, right? So like, to me, it's like, I've got this, I can't, always choose joy because that's not realistic. I can't always choose sadness because that's no fun, but I can increase my container to feel and hold. And so like, I think even as I'm saying that out loud, containers have boundaries, containers have boundaries. Like you can't have a container without boundaries because then you would just be all over the fucking place. And that would just be a lot. That's it. There it is. There it is, Raj. 
So I'm curious, as you say that statement out loud, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm realizing actually containers have boundaries. That's the, that's of the vessel has an edge to it, right? And yeah. that you are increasing your vessel, right? So you're increasing your capacity. How does that feel in your body when you say that? Does, does that ring as true to you? It feels like a good North Star for me. Mm. Like I may not know where that journey will take me, but it's a great barometer for me to check back in in the moment when I am triggered or when I am going through something difficult or when I am going through something joyful. Can I increase my own capacity to be present with what is here? Not what's in the future, not what's in the past, but just which are both coincidentally actually happening right now here. So like that creates the the richness, but then what's the fun of like, okay, so let's, let's go back to boundaries. Cause I feel like I just sidetracked you like, <laughs> like back to boundaries. So like when you get back to the container and you, and, and I, and I recognize, okay, we're becoming aware of the boundaries. We're aware that there's a role to either lean in or to sort of set a standard there. How do we know we're setting a boundary that's appropriate for the growth we want to experience in our lives? Ooh, great question. So, okay. So if step one is kind of this acknowledgement, I'm throwing the flag there. This is a place where a boundary would be appropriate. Step two is, is to dare to pause. So when at all possible, if nobody's physically in danger, then we dare to pause and do exactly what you just said. Ask ourselves those questions to give ourselves rooms to process. I think there's a lot of expectation of immediacy. And most of us with some wonderful, like I'm, you know, I'm envious of the people who know the right thing to say on the spot all the time. That's not always me. Most of us do well when we have a moment to breathe. And Mm -hmm. so before we even articulate a boundary to somebody else, we have to be clear on why we need it and what it is and what that's about. And so it's daring to give yourself the courtesy that you're talking about to process. Wait a minute. Is this a boundary moment? Is this not? What's appropriate? Am I trying to escape something here by putting up a wall or am I offering a bridge with this boundary? I think a common misconception, and maybe this would be helpful, is that boundaries are something we set between ourselves and other people. We set boundaries between ourselves and ourself, right? Wow. So here's an example. If somebody says to me, here's a great one. I used to rent this home from this really sweet man named Bob. He was like the sweetest guy in the world. And one day I'm in my house, and it was like in a really rural environment up in the Berkshires. I'm in my house. And I hear voices in my home and I'm working at home and I hear two male voices in my home and I'm like paralyzed for a moment. I'm on the phone with the client. I put them on pause and I'm like looking around my house and they're coming from the basement. And I look outside the window and I see it's Bob's car and an electrician's car. And I'm like, oh gosh, Bob must have brought somebody here. He didn't tell me. And they're doing some work. I know he just didn't want to interrupt my work day. Also, that's terrifying for a woman who lives like in a remote area who suddenly hears voices in her house, right? (laughs) So the boundary wasn't for me and Bob. The boundary was for me to be clear about who's allowed in my house and then to articulate that because Bob actually doesn't have a problem, right? Like Bob's not creating the problem. Bob is giving me an opportunity to be clear about what I value and what works for me. And so I think that's a really common, you know, like misunderstanding about boundaries is that we're pushing other people away or that we're putting them on them. We set the boundary based on what we need for ourselves. So this is like our own responsibility here. So does that make being, sense? It does. And I, well, I have a deeper question, which is probably going to take us down the rocker, but like, who are you setting the boundary against? Hmm. Like if you're setting it with yourself, what are you protecting? Like, well, like who's protecting who? I guess like, like, you know, like there's like, in order to judge, you have to have a judgey and a judger. So Who's the judger and who's the judgee? Who's the one that needs the boundary and who's the one that's setting it? Like, I guess I'm just curious in that nature of like, if you're setting something with yourself, what is, yeah, just that, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's happening here is when we're setting a boundary with ourselves, it's not against anyone. And I'm so glad that you just used that word because I think we're taught like right, wrong, black, white, in, out, good, evil, whatever. Right. And that there's, if there's just like this constant war raging. And I think for a lot of us, that's why setting boundaries is really uncomfortable because we're thinking, oh God, I'm going to battle with this other person. And what we're actually doing when you say, what are we protecting? We're protecting what it is we value. I, in that, in that example of Bob, I value feeling safe in my home. So I'm drawing a line around that. I'm not pushing Bob away. I'm not like, you know, it's not about him needing to change his behavior, his life, but it's about me being able to clearly articulate, 
hey, Bob, I'm so glad you brought the electrician here. That's great. In the future, you've got to give me notice before you get here so that I'm ready. That's all, right? Like, so the, the boundary is always to protect what we value. Mm. Always. No, I really appreciate that distinction because it comes back down to your values. Then, How do you know which values are worth building boundaries around? Oh, that's such a great question. So we want to think about this ideally, like right now in this present moment or over these coming weeks before the next time you need to create a boundary. Because it's really hard on the spot, especially like if emotions are high or we're feeling a lot of things or we're just busy to like, no, okay, here's the perfect boundary. So we actually want to have like a little sense of what are my non-negotiables here? What is so valuable to me that if that is threatened or is being pushed against, that I'm going to, you know, that I'm going to protect it and then I'm going to honor it, right? So an easy one is like safety for most of us. It's like, I need to feel physically safe. So like, there's my, there's my boundary example, right? But maybe one of your like values is I like a little bit of free time during my day. Most of us like a little bit of free time. Not everybody has a little bit of free time, right? Yeah. And so we could say this thing is actually encroaching upon my value to be able to breathe and to be processing and to be present. Thus, I've got to create a boundary here. Right? It takes courage. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to appreciate. Like creating boundaries takes real courage because sometimes there's fear that we're going to disappoint the other person. There's fear that the other person's going to be angry. There's fear that we're not going to get what we want, that we're not going to be loved anymore. If those things weren't there to begin with, putting up the boundary is going to make it really clear that they weren't there. We're going to have to look some truths in the face. If somebody is disappointed with us because we created a boundary, then they weren't actually fully invested in our well-being. And that's important. So if we're not disappointing somebody, Raj, we are exhausting ourselves. Oh, that's such a refreshing thing to hear. Like, I've really been kind of leaning into like, the things I'm most hard on myself for in my life has never been anything other than just the moments where I'm not being honest with myself. Mm. When I'm not being real with myself, everyone else suffers. They suffer in the form of whether it's me not setting an appropriate boundary or me not recognizing someone else's boundary or... I feel like truth, and I mean, it's the scariest thing you can do, be honest with yourself at that level, that radically honest level of really feeling truth. I mean, but I don't know, the the more honest I get with myself, I just feel like the more naturally everyone around me gets the permission to then set the boundaries that they need to set in their lives. That's just it. Like you're modeling what most of us were never taught then. You know, I'll give a crazy example. There was this woman, I don't remember her name. I was at a conference. She gave a great talk. She came off stage and a bunch of people were talking to her. I'm totally eavesdropping because she did a great job. So I hear somebody walk up to her and they say, that was amazing. I've worked for this nonprofit organization. We would love to have you volunteer. Come on in, do a talk like this for our team. They would love you. And she said, oh, I'm not available to do that. And the woman pushed back and she said, oh no, but we do really great work in the community and your, your insight would be so helpful. And the woman said, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't clear. I can't do that because I don't want to. And like that had never occurred to me as an option of a statement to say. I was like, wait, like, holy, like what just happened here? That was the clearest, firmest, most badass boundary I've ever seen. There was nothing to push back on because the woman was like, oh, no, I don't no want justification. To. Yeah. No- and she didn't make them wrong for asking. And she didn't like there was no long explanation. Right. It was just what's true for me is I don't want to. And so that was a really like bold example. And I share that because it had never occurred to me that that was an option until I heard it. like heard her say that. Isn't that crazy? So when you talk about like, oh, when I do set boundaries, it allows other people to know that they can, too, is exactly it. It hasn't occurred to a lot of us. I could say no, or I could say not now, or I could say, let's modify that. Why do you think that something so simple is forgotten by a majority of human beings? It's consciousness. So if we don't consciously pause and create the life that's centered around our values, we will unconsciously live the life handed to us by other people. And so we were not taught to be conscious. We were taught to be rule followers. We were taught to be worker bees. We were taught that if we work hard enough for somebody else at some point, we can afford like a good car or a comfortable apartment and then we'll be happy. And so this programming starts at a really young age, you know, where we're, where we're told, you know, what you feel in your body isn't true. You know, like eat when we, when dinner time, not when you're hungry, you know, like eat what's on your plate, even if you're full. 
Like we were taught from a young age by a lot of well-meaning people who were also taught right. to ignore what's true in order to be loved. And biologically, we are hardwired to be accepted by society. Like that's important to our survival. Brene Brown has great research about this, Raj. She talks about how belonging, you know, we all have this yearning for belonging and that happens through vulnerability. Yeah. Creating a boundary is often a vulnerable experience because we are going to have to articulate our truth to somebody else and they may not like it. And the opposite from the data point of view of our ability to belong is when we try to fit in. So when we try to fit in, we change what we eat, what we, you know, how we dress, what we think, what books we read so that we're loved is kind of the ideal. But the data shows from all of Brene Brown's research that in doing that, we actually feel incredibly isolated and unfulfilled. And so in order to have a meaningful sense of belonging, we must bear our vulnerability. We must speak our truth. And that does. You're so right. It takes courage. This is not for the faint of heart. This is for um, those of us who are so passionate about progress in the world that we will risk our own discomfort to honor what's true. Not just progress, but life. Yeah. Like, I mean, like how rich is life when you're leaning into something that terrifies you? Like the grass is always greener on the other side of that coin. Like, I mean, I have felt some of the most exhilarating highs when I lean into saying something that I am so uncomfortable saying. And I've also felt the most debilitating shame when I hide something that is absolutely true. Wow. Like you feel both spectrums, right? Like, and gosh, like, I mean, you can't know this side. You can't know. And this is what I want to encourage anyone listening. Like, if you're not speaking your truth right now, that's all right. Like, it's, it's totally fine because you being in a place where you know what it feels like to not speak your truth is only going to make truth that much more delicious. It's going to make yeah. setting boundaries much more exhilarating. And I think that exhil- I think people are afraid of living and feeling exhilaration. I think for the same reason you just mentioned, it really does take capacity to feel because it is going to feel like a lot. Right. So it's like my thought process around this is like, okay, so what's the starter move? Like, how does one begin to upgrade their boundaries if they feel like they're ready, but this is new or they're really terrified? And my thought around it is always start with the low risk scenarios. Start with when the barista gives you whole milk instead of almond milk in your coffee and you just go back up and say, hey, oops, I think there was a mistake. You know, this is whole milk. I'm allergic or whatever, you know, whatever the scenario is. Can you switch it out? Like starting in these low risk Mm. scenarios when somebody accidentally gives you the wrong change in the grocery store and you just point out, oops, you know, you're 50 cents short. It's not just about the 50 cents, which is important in and of itself, but it's just this opportunity to start speaking up. Like yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. little bit, <laughs> like little bit. It's little deposits. We're just making little deposits in this little piggy bank. And eventually, eventually it's going to turn into a dollar bill. And it's yeah. just great. Yeah, because we th- don't get confident and then set boundaries. It's the act of setting boundaries that gives us confidence. Wow. Right? So it's the practice of doing it. And we know that, you know, statistically speaking, that the research shows that the only way to boost human confidence in a lasting way is through seeing ourselves be, have self-efficacy. It means seeing ourselves take the action steps that hold our well-being in positive regard. So that means we, yeah, we're going to be terrified maybe the first time or the first thousand times we set boundaries. And I want to be real. I get terrified when I set boundaries all the time. Like it doesn't go away and I'm the boundaries teacher. Like there are still moments where I'm like, oh God, what if, you know, what if they, what if I tell Raj, hey, let's keep this appointment. And then he hates me and then he never has me on the show. Like that's a real thought that I had as I'm sending that back. And what I know is that if Raj rises to the occasion, we're never going to forget this interview. And this is going to be freaking yeah. awesome. <laughs> and like, maybe we'll get to connect again. So it's like risk reward. He hates me. Well, then we weren't on the same page anyway. We, we get on the same page. This is going to be freaking amazing. Well, I think I, there's a trust factor with people. Like I feel in, like most of the fear that exists is so like in this little circle of this it's like very much like trapped but when you expand beyond it and you just surrender and you trust like wow there's seven billion people on this planet i trust that if this boundary doesn't work here it'll work there if i trust that like it's it's a dance it's a flow it's a game it's it's a step by step but it's you honoring what's true for you in the moment and you know i've really been leaning into a lot of just, you know, the late Ram Dass and just, you know, kind of really leaning into the idea of loving awareness and just really kind of 
falling in love with whatever you become aware of in this moment and allowing this moment to be the catalyst for truth. And it's been a really fascinating journey. The more I stop thinking about getting an end goal or the more I stop thinking about what that person's doing, it's just in this moment, can I love what I am loving, which can be me? Can I honor and love the choices I'm going to make in this moment, which are true and can I can I live into whatever boundary I created to allow more flow in my life? And because yeah. we don't create boundaries unless we know there's a benefit to them. Right. I don't know who's out there creating boundaries for boundaries' yeah. sake. Like that's like, not I'm fun. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like fuck you, fuck you. Like there's yeah. just none of that, right? Like yeah, like that like, doesn't sound like how I want to spend my weekend. That's no, not no, what no. I, yeah. <laughs> but we're honoring ourselves because we know that when we are operating at our highest selves people are happy. We are happy. The world is better. I think that that's something that took me a long time to learn. I'm learning stuff. I'm learning right now as I'm talking to you. Like I'm like discovering new things about all the stuff I'm doing. And, but that's, I think part of it, like not to be too hard on yourself for not doing it already. Yep. Recognizing that it's as simple as leaning into being honest with yourself. For those who are not honest with themselves, How do you recommend they begin the journey? Mm. So here's how we begin with honesty, is we ask ourselves questions about what we value. And what we know about like one way, one way to discover what we value is to think about a moment when you were in the zone. Like what was a moment where like everything seemed to be going right, you're getting the right parking spots or you nailed that presentation or, you know, you were six years old and you're at your lemonade stand, like whatever it was, but a moment when you felt like you were in the zone. And then we ask ourselves, what did it physically feel like when I was in that zone? When I was on top of the world, what did that feel like? And people, everyone's different, right? But some people will say, I felt calm. I felt confident. I felt centered. I felt really energized, whatever it is. And then we start to look at how much of that sensation is happening in my day to day. The honesty conversation starts with how much am I living into what gives me life? Wow. How much am I living into what gives me life? That's where it begins. And what I appreciate about this is it's, this happens solo. No one needs to know you're doing this. There is no external risk. There's a feelings that are going to show up. For some of us, it's sobering. If we look at our day and we go, oh my God, there's like no room for who I really am in this day. That's a sobering moment. But it's, this can happen like behind closed doors, just between you and yourself, you know, with a blank piece of paper. When I feel in the zone, it feels like this. How much of that feeling am I getting right now? And then what needs to change so that I can begin to bring that in? Because that's how we start to know. So for example, let's say um, I feel really like at ease when I'm in the zone. Do things just feel like I'm in alignment? It feels simple. So when something feels like crunching, like I get a knot in my stomach, that's telling me, ooh, this is out of alignment with my values. This is an opportunity for a boundary, right? If something feels the opposite of, of, of our values, then that's the opportunity for, for a boundary. What about the fears around the possibilities of life actually being that good? We know that that's actually, statistically speaking, one of the biggest human fears and that our brain is wired in a moment of joy to trigger the fear of the other shoe dropping, right? Like that that is part of it. And so here's where we build in what we call and statements. This idea that we can acknowledge the swamp, we can acknowledge what's tricky or sticky or terrible or challenging And there's plenty of things that we can pull from the swamp right now, right? Like we could look at all the things in the world globally or in our own world that we don't like. And then we add the word and, A-N-D, and tack on something that gives us life, right? So this is how we begin. It's to say, okay, I am not okay with the fact that COVID is still going on. And here in the U.S., the numbers are rising. I am not okay with it. And it's sunny outside and I'm going to go sit on the porch, right? It's holding both at the same time. So to come back to your idea of, of increasing capacity for our container. It's acknowledging that as adults, more than one thing is true. So when we feel the fear, you know, like, so here's the joy and here's the fear, acknowledging that they're both true and that it's not just one or the other. Oh gosh, I'm having this fear. And also I'm having it because this person told me that they love me or I realize that I love them or I have this opportunity to get a new job that I'm really excited about. So adults understand that we aren't just one thing. We're not fragments, that we're actually holding multiple things to be true at, at once. So here's this thing I'm scared of, and here's this thing I'm grateful for. 
Does that make sense? It does. It makes super sense. So is it then our like inner children that believe otherwise? When you say it out loud, it makes complete sense. Like I, I think as I'm hearing that I'm hearing just because I'm angry doesn't mean I'm an angry person. Just yeah. because I'm sad doesn't mean I'm a Debbie Downer. Just <laughs> right. because I'm a, you know, I'm feeling jealous doesn't mean I'm jealous, Julie. Like I'm just like, it, that's not what, like, I'm not identifying with these emotions. I'm identifying with the duality, the space, the capacity for me to simply observe and allow emotions, thoughts, ideas, yeah, and inspiration. That's it. So it's that's just, it, like, you're not, you're not the emotions and you're not the thoughts. You're the one having the thoughts. You're the one having the emotions. Wow. And that gives us a little bit of objectivity from it, right? Like, oh, I'm having this thought. Look at that. Ha ha. <laughs> I know right. that thought. That, those, that thought shows up seven times a day. Like, I know that thought. I'm the one hearing it. I'm the right. one witnessing it, right? So it's like that, that witness consciousness a little bit, you know, like from, from yoga, we would say this idea of like just watching the thoughts flow down the stream. Like there's another one and there's another one. And I get to consciously decide, you know, which ones I'm really going to buy into, which ones am I going to believe? But this is another opportunity for grace, Raj, I think, because we live in a culture that thrives on the people in charge instilling fear. And so, you know, like a little kid, like my nephews, I have two toddler nephews, when they're in a moment of joy, they're not waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like when they see a cool bug outside and they grab me because they want to show me this bug, they're not waiting for the world to get terrible. Like they're purely in the joy of it. So that's how we're born. And then through human experience, we learn that our hearts can be broken or that things can go ways we didn't want to go. And I want to acknowledge that we will set boundaries and have our hearts broken sometimes. We will say no to something and somebody will never talk to us again sometimes. Like that's real and that's possible. And so it's scary to think that things can change. I think it's scarier to live a life wondering what it would have been like if we were true to ourselves, like what would have been possible, right? My but partner. that fear isn't just coming from us. That's, that's in the air. It's like smog. My uh, business partner actually brought up a really interesting kind of fear of his, which I didn't even realize he had, but it kind of landed with me. He's like, he's terrified of dying, going to heaven and meeting the man he was supposed to be. Or the man that he, the, the the true patch, like the man that was honest with himself. And I think that's different than living up to potential, which is a lot about like doing, 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 right? Like a lot right. of people confuse like this, like, oh, I have to do all this stuff in my life to live this, leave behind this legacy. But when he said that, it kind of made me realize that, you know, being honest with yourself, being the most authentic version of yourself is not doing, it's being. And you know, the purpose of all of us really in our lives is to simply be, it's not necessarily what we do. I mean, what we do changes like, you know, there's seasons of life where, you know, my dad worked and then there's seasons of life where he was a father. And then there's seasons of life where now he's like, I loved your episode on the seasons for the record. Loved your episode I, on the seasons. That was beautiful. That. Yeah, it was beautiful. Like, no, but there's these, there's so many, there's so many seasons of life. But the yeah. one thing that's consistently unfolding is who we are unbecoming. Yeah. Right. It's, it's that being aspect that I think so many of us ignore and we live our lives doing, 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 forgetting the other side of the spectrum, which is without being like, we're not human doings, we're human beings. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, where the fuck did we get that wrong in the dictionary? Like, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And so what you're talking about, you know, is it's pretty revolutionary. This idea that we're reclaiming who we've always been and we're reclaiming what gives us life and what gives us zest and passion and excitement and enthusiasm. Mm. And it is an active practice. So if we're talking about fear being like smog in the air, it's just rampant, that every time we leave the bubble of our home or we interact with somebody else, we might brush up against some smog. And so this mm. is a continual practice of returning home to ourselves, of checking in with our values and what feels true in our bodies. Like, we don't do this once, become expert at it, and then we're good to go. Not when there's smog in the air. Like we, we're going to have to like get a breath of fresh air on a regular basis, you know, and be around. Ideally, I'm loving talking with you, being around other native speakers of the language of honoring ourselves. You know, it's like we can learn the language, but you know how like if you don't talk to anybody about, you know, in, in your native tongue for a while, you start to lose it. It's like we got to be around other people who are also seeking truth and growth. It's really hard to maintain it on our own, you know. So this idea of there's the self-care of boundaries, which is great, but there's also this element of community care that we all need right now. Like we can't be expected to do everything ourselves. And so it's 
it's honoring both, you know, like how can I get myself in the presence of other people who are living into their truth? And for those listening who you're like, I don't know who that person is. You know, I know there were times in my life I was like, I don't know who the truth speaker is. Like, I don't have that person ready on speed dial. That is the podcast we listen to. It is the poets and the authors and the, and the movies we watch that feel like truth. Like we start there and then we, we begin to see it out in the world. We begin to connect with other people. Well, truth has a resonance, right? Like that's when, ooh, when ooh. like when somebody, when you say something that resonates with me, that's me resonating with your truth. Like, it's like, oh yeah, like I really feel that. Like that's those tingly right. feelings that you have in your body. And it is created with the senses. It can be created through music and art and love and stories of change and courage and impact or sacrifice or, you know, there's so many different, like that's the beauty of the human spirit. The human spirit yeah has so many different colors and spectrums of feelings that it, it I mean, that you pick your flavor of truth, like, right? like pick your flavor. Like. Yeah, that's just it. It doesn't all have to be the same truth. Like it's not all going to be the same truth. And I think, you know, there's, there's some interesting studies about this idea that there's like these, there's these capital T truths. And then there's these like little T truths and the little T truths are unique to each of us. You know, it's true that I like this color or I like this food or that I like this type of music. Like we all have our own unique little T truths, but then there are like, you're talking about these resonant capital T truths where most of us will see something and feel like if we see, you know, a sweet grandmother leaning down to give her, her grandbaby an ice cream cone. We all feel, most of us feel good. Like that's a <laughs> truth that just feels like good. Right. Or if we see the opposite, we see somebody screaming at somebody's grandma on the subway that feels bad. Right. Like, so there's these universal capital T truths, but then there's a lot of the little truths that you're so right. They are subjective and we get to figure out like, that's the delight of spending a lifetime learning who we are, like spending a lifetime studying ourselves. Uh, for me, is fascinating anyway. I mean, I wish like schools started kids out. Like, I, like, I don't know why there isn't a self-awareness 101 class that elementary school kids are like taught, right? I mean, it seems like yeah. the most important, it is, not even seems, it is the most important journey one can be on is learning, learning yourself, learning how to be you. And the more you learn to differentiate between what is you and what is borrowed, whether it's a belief, a story, a boundary, an idea, a way of living, the more we get the opportunity to return back home. Like, I, yeah. I love that. I, you know, I, back to Ram Dass, you know, he's always talking about how we're all just walking each other home. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. in, in a really beautiful, simple, enlightening way, I feel like we're actually walking ourselves home. And with every choice and every decision and every moment, with every breath, it's a chance for you to sit there and get to know yourself a little better. And from that space, I just feel like you can do no wrong. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. I, that's powerful, Raj. I think to consider that every breath, every individual choice is an opportunity to get closer or farther from our truth, right? And to look at it through that lens, you know, this idea of if I say yes or no to this thing, which one brings me closer to what's true? You know, it's not that I have to arrive in perfect truth at every moment. And there will be days. We all have days where we're putting out fires and that's just the way it went down. Right. But that we can start to lean in the direction of having less days like that because we can say, is this true for me? Like, what's real? And how can I liberate somebody else because they see me liberate myself? What would that look like? Beautifully said. So, you know, when you're ready, maybe you and I, we start the program. Um, <laughs> for kids, but I got to say, like, there are some great organizations out there who are who are doing this work. Like what? Can you name? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I just don't know enough of like. I I would love to get involved in some way with just organizations that are actually teaching kids. So a great organization, Kripalu Center, which is up in um, Western Massachusetts, and they piloted a program that did a joint study with Harvard where they began to bring breathing techniques and meditation into school systems just to see what would happen and collect real data on it. Because the theory is, well, meditation's got to be helpful. But like, let's get the data so that maybe there could be funding for this if it's proven. Right, right, right. And so that's what they did. And so they, um, a wonderful woman named Iona, and I can get you her full info so you can put the, the link um, in your show notes. She piloted this program where it was proven to improve test scores, to lower bullying, to improve confidence of kids through this act of breathing and just like learning how to tap in with themselves. And so that's one example of, 
of some great organizations that are out there who are doing this work. But you're right in that there is room for more. <laughs> like so there room. is room for more. Because where would you and I be oh. if we had learned this stuff even earlier? You know? Well, I think about that actually. So interesting thought. I've been thinking a lot about how my life has unfolded. And in the moment, sure, would I wish things to be different? Yes. But I think I've come to just, at least I'm trying to come to the place where it just, my life is perfect. Mm. Everything has unfolded exactly as it's supposed to. Even this conversation has unfolded exactly how it was supposed to. Like I, for sure. That's I, mean, for, like, I, I feel the same I, way. Like, right? I mean, like there's absolutely. And for me to make a judgment about something that I went through in my life and for me to wish it were different would be to take away from the magic that is right now. I love this. I got to tell you, you're, you're more enlightened than me on this subject. Cause there are still things where I'm like, I can say, I'm glad I went through that. I wouldn't want to do it again. I'm glad I went through it. But there are things in my life that don't feel perfect. However, it all feels true. Like I replaced the idea of perfection with like, okay, what's true? It all, all feels that. true. Oh, that's, that's, that's it. You and I are on the same page. Like that's where I'm yeah. at right now. So if that's where you're at, then that's where I'm at. Like I don't know if I'm ahead of you in any way. But like I just, I feel so, I mean, I think gratitude is one of those emotions that consistently sort of bring me back to just appreciating all that is. And, you know, I can't, like, I, it's funny, I was having a conversation with one of my coaches yesterday and we were going down the rabbit hole and working on like this belief that was formed when I was like a child from my mom. And he asked me, like, would you, would you give that up? Like, would you, would you change that? Would you want anything different about that moment? And I like took me a minute because I was really heated in that moment. Mm-hmm. But when I got down to the truth, I wouldn't be who I am right now without my interpretation of that experience, right? right? I needed my truth to be that in that moment. Now my truth has evolved. I see it for what it is in a different light now. But in that moment, I needed myself to experience that in that truth for my own values to emerge in a way that have have created so much joy for in my life and for the people I care about. And I think when you have one realization like that, it like it's a trickle down effect. You just like, all right, like all the other things, even if they're sticky or hard, you're like, maybe not yet. I'm going to put that one over there. That's like a boss. (laughs) One thing at a time. One major breakthrough at a time. Yeah, That's like a level 100 (laughs) boss level Bowser. Like I'm not going to touch that right now. Like I'll get there when I can. But in this moment, (laughs) I'm grateful. (laughs) (laughs) What you just said is perfect, right? In this moment. I am grateful, right? There is something in this moment that I can be grateful for. And to me, that's, that's realness. Cause I, I don't think we need one more coach, podcast, book person out there, you know, spilling this idea that things need to be unicorns and fairy dust and that it all needs to be good all the time or else we're doing it wrong. And when I, that's what part of why I loved your episode on the seasons, right? Is that there's that things change, you know, within us and that that's normal and that that's good. And what I'm appreciating about what you're saying is, is there's this room for for things to be exactly as they are. We're not glazing over, pretending things are perfect. And we're also not stuck in the suffering. It's looking at the whole picture. And like, rather than having to fragment ourselves and our energy into this part of me that's good and this part that's struggling, it's like, no, I'm actually all of it. Like, I'm actually all these things at once. That's my container growing, right? You're awesome. <laughs> as are you. I'm so glad we did this. I'm <laughs> I know, so glad. I'm like just such a fan. Uh, just your energy is contagious, and I should have. I felt it when you sent me the email. I was like, "This is gonna be great." Like I actually felt it. Like I was like, "No, I really want to talk to her right now." You know, I got to tell you. I'll tell you one last little thing about that, which is, if I wasn't super enthusiastic about your podcast, I wouldn't have pushed back. Like th- this part of me is like, I've been listening to episodes. I'm like, this guy's amazing. I'm loving what he's putting out there. Like, no, I want to be there. Like, Hey, like actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't, if I was like wishy-washy, I would be like, oh, okay, cool. We'll reschedule. Well, I was like, no, this, this is dope. I want in on this. It was truth. And I just, I really appreciate you as a, as a human being. And I'm just so grateful that I get to know you now. <laughs> like, me this too. Is so like now we know each other. Yeah. Now we know each other. This is so rad. Um, all right, Carly. Hey guys, uh, listening, you're watching adults become friends. This is <laughs> what it looks like. You know, we're all wondering, how do you make friends as an adult? How do you do it? I'm the, all right, hold on. 
bear with me for one second because you just you just blew my mind with something here, which is there's it's really hard for a lot of us as adults to make friends, right? And there's this like want to have deeper, meaningful connections. And my experience is that it happens when we're vulnerable. Like I was vulnerable to say, hey, let's still do it. And you were vulnerable to say, okay, like we're gonna do it anyway. Like and and through that, the world is witnessing two people become closer, right? Like that's it. That's it. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That is so powerful, guys. And oh gosh. Well, Let's just that. be a little bit messier, huh? Let's just all Let's dare just... <laughs> to be a little messier and a little more real and we'll belong a little bit more. Like, oh my it. God. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, all of that. Carly, talk a little bit about yourself because you don't, you have not talked. I will just, I'm going to intro the, the hell out of you, but like, just what's exciting you right now? Anybody listening, if they wanted to experience your magic in a closer setting, just all of it, like how, what, just go. I'll go, oh. <laughs> definitely go to my website. So carlyfane.com and we have a free boundaries like a boss class and it's, there's like nothing for sale in there. It's just pure rich content to get us started on up-leveling up our boundaries. So that's like, that's an easy starting point for sure. I encourage anybody who feeling like you're crunched for time, feeling like you're simultaneously tired and wired, you're having perplexing health symptoms and you don't know what's going on, or you're secretly feeling alone, even though you have good friends and family. These are all indicators that it's time to upgrade boundaries. So do that with me and then you'll have my email and you'll be in touch and we can actually, you know, converse. So and I just around. hope, like, let this be the beginning of a long conversation between anyone listening and, and me. Like, comment, post, let's actually know each other. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, beautiful. No, I just, you're awesome. I'm a big fan, big fan. It's mutual. <laughs> all right, one last question for you. Um, in the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you're going and everywhere you've been, how do you stay grounded? Consistency. I think I stopped relying on motivation. I'm not always motivated to tap into what grounds me, but I can be devoted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reminded that when I am grounded, then I show up and, and do better work in the world. And if this lifetime is both about me and about other people, being ground is it, is it nice? It's not something that I get to later. It is essential if I want to stick in this game for the long haul. And so I will hear the demons in my head that say, oh, skip, skip your meditation, skip breakfast, do these emails. I'll hear that. And then also do the hard work of, of honoring my own nourishment. If that helps me help more people. Of it. Well, everybody, that is a wrap. We're going to make all of Carly's links and smart things she said available in the show notes and but that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded i'm your host raj this is your new friend carly from us stay grounded we'll chat soon thanks for joining us today on this episode of stay grounded i hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life for more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.